Rug it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 2093. Be prepared to be inspired. Today we're talking F1. Buckle up. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Alkmaar. I probably butchered the saying of that, but it's a bit north of Amsterdam uh, in the Netherlands with a very special guest by the name of Andre Hogeboom. Andre, welcome to Cars Yeah. Do you have any gear? And are you ready to release the clutch? Thank you, and I'm great. I'm thankful that you will have me on your show today. Well, we'll have some fun. Now, before I give you a proper introduction and we dive into this very cool book that you've penned, what's one little thing that maybe people don't know about you, Andre? Well, that I'm probably the biggest Bruce Springsteen fan in the Netherlands. No kidding. <laughs> yes, I am. I was there on his first show when he when he came here. And ever since I've been hooked, that was in 1981 and in 1974. So you can guess my age by now. <laughs> well, you're up there with me, a more mature guy. Okay. We'll put it that yeah. way. But yeah, Bruce has been rocking it for a long, long time. And when you know, when I hear his his songs, they really take me back to very early days when I was first uh, in college and then dating my wife. And I remember going skiing in Utah and, and listening as I was driving over into the hills, uh, born in the USA. And yeah, he's uh, he's been doing it for a long time, hasn't he? Yeah. He's a story of our lives, isn't he? He really is. Yeah. I consider him a kind of brother, you know, a kind of, a kind of heart friend. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to, I'm going to see a show uh, in the Netherlands the next year, 223. So, uh, I'll be ready for it. Wow. You know, it's amazing. Many of these singers that just have a prolific career, they just stay with it. Uh, they keep producing. And I think they go through generations. And all of a sudden, you know, all of us uh, more mature folks want to go back and relive our youth a little bit and enjoy their music. Yeah, yeah. Their music. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, pretty amazing. Pretty cool. Yeah. Well, let's talk about what you're doing here. Andre Hogenboom is a Dutch journalist and writer specializing in the world of Formula One, and he runs his own press and consultancy agency. His unauthorized biography of Max Verstappen was first published in the Netherlands in 2016, and he's now been much expanded and adapted to bring it to suit us English-speaking audiences. Thank you very much. It's titled Max, the Dutch Master, an Unauthorized Biography. His other books about motorsports include the history of Zandvoort, his country's premier racetrack, a reconstruction of the adventures of Dutch car manufacturer Spiker, including its short-lived Formula One experience, and he's written two novels titled Deadly Ambition and Sabotage. We'll be back in just a moment to learn more about Andre's new book, well, remastered book, we'll put it that way, since we're talking about Dutch masters. But first, a word from our sponsors, so please give them a little love, a little listen. That's how we keep the lights on here, and we'll be right back. Covercraft's newest five-layer indoor cover is especially engineered for indoor use, providing maximum dust protection when your vehicle's stored in the garage. Your five-layer indoor cover is custom-tailored with Covercraft's attention to detail, form, and fit with the quality and attention to detail that's been their standard since 1965. Even if your vehicle is always inside, dust and fallout can damage the paint, and an extra layer of soft, 
Breathable material protects from accidental bumps and rubs. Covercraft protects cars, trucks, motorcycles, RVs, trailers, and watercraft too. Every one of my vehicles is protected with a Covercraft cover, custom fit to fit the car like a glove. And I have a deal for you. If you use the code ya 21 at Covercraft.com, you'll get 10% off your order plus free shipping. That's right, 10% off and free shipping. Simply use the code yeah, Y-E-A-H-2-1 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Zengen, it's an oil analysis kit that allows you to sample your engine's oil and learn about its inner health with your personalized and detailed Zengen report. At only $39.95 and free shipping both ways, your Zengen oil analysis costs less than an oil change. It's really simple. Their easy-to-use sample kit takes less than five minutes to collect your sample and mail it back to their world-class labs. It's only five days, and they'll send you your own Zengen score via email. Your report measures 30 different data points, including contamination, metals, lubricants, additives, and a whole lot more. Whether you're buying or selling a vehicle, nearing the end of your warranty, heading out on a road trip, or caring for your vintage collector car, Zengen helps prevent costly repairs, allowing you to get the most value out of your vehicle. And Father's Day is coming. I know dad doesn't want another tie or a pair of socks. This year, give dad his very own Zengen oil test kit and you'll make him smile. I did, and I'm so relieved to learn that my vehicles are doing just fine. Go to ZengenScore.com and use the code carsya 20 and you'll get 20% off. Boom, what a deal. Preventative knowledge and maintenance could save you thousands and you'll rest better at night knowing your engine's condition is just right. That's ZengineScore.com and use the code CARSYA20 today. I was tired of my rates for my collector car insurance going up every year for no explainable reason. My carrier seemed to be turning into a media company versus an insurance company, and I realized that a portion of my policy premium was paying for all those so-called free media goodies. So I did my homework, I talked to knowledgeable collectors, shopped around, and discovered American Collectors Insurance. They've been serving the collector car hobby since 1976. You last that long by properly serving your customers' insurance need, not with a lot of fluff. ACI is ranked the number one online collector car insurance provider according to Google, Trustpilot, Facebook, and they offer their real person guarantee live support. No never-ending phone loops when you need help. Plus, because you don't use your classic car as a daily driver, you could save up to 40% compared to regular auto insurance. American Collectors Insurance provides agreed value policies. So if you experience a total loss to your collector vehicle or it's stolen, you'll be paid the amount listed on your declaration page, less any deductibles, of course. No ifs, ands, or buts. Give them a call today and ask for your free quote at 866-A-C-I-Y-E-A-H. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Greens, at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. So, Andre, we are back. So I want to dive a little deeper into the corner, something that Max is very good at doing. And talk about your passion for Formula One, because this seems to be a focus for you as an author. And as we start to get into this book and his life, I first want to hear a little bit more about what what inspires you so much about F1 racing? 
Well, I really don't know. I live near Sanford, and uh, we have Formula One races at Sanford. And I've been there in uh, a couple of years when it was held before it was stopped. Uh, it was stopped in 1975, and I've been there in 1974, 1973, 1971. And it was mostly because I was attracted to, the, to these cars. The Formula One cars are amazing, and uh, I think it's it's a real it's a real boys thing, you know. When I was young at school, I, I always uh, draw Formula One cars, drew Formula One cars, and uh, well, uh, some one way or another, I got I got uh, attracted to the sports, and I stayed with it. And ever since, it was a bit. Uh, and when when Max Verstappen entered Formula One, it all uh, it all got a new kind of dynamics. And uh, when the publisher asked me if I could do a, a book on Max Verstappen, I said, well, okay, I will give it a try. Well, and the rest is history, to be honest. Well, absolutely. And of course, our good friends at Evro, they've they've sent me many great authors of books here. So thank you to those folks there. And of course, a shout out to Judy Stropas, who put us together today. She connects me with all the cool people in the world, that's for sure. Okay. I read in the uh, intro of your book, uh, you write, like a true Dutch master, Max Verstappen has revitalized Formula One, rewritten the rules, made the sport more exciting, and put the Netherlands on the motorsports map. Let's dive into Max's career a bit. Tell us a bit about where he came from. And of course, his father was another great driver, Jos Verstappen. Uh, Tell us what you've learned about Max and kind of walk us through his history. And then we'll get into what's going on today because, wow, you know, we just came Came off yeah. of watching the uh, Monaco Grand Prix, and he and his teammate there uh, were up in the lead on the podium. Uh, so dive into Max's career. What an interesting guy he is. Yeah, well, he started uh, uh, racing at, his, uh, at, the, at the young age of four. He was uh, in the co kart, and that's of course all. That's of course because of his father. His father was uh, was a Formula One driver, and his father, uh, his father is very much into the go kart sports. So when he was four, he asked his father whether he could, uh, his friends were, were driving, uh, when they were riding in those go-karts. And he asked his father if he could drive one too. But his father said that he was too young at, a, at the age of four. But if a stopper doesn't take no for an answer. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so eventually he put him in the, in the, in the, in the go-kart. And ever since he uh, rode his first race, it was, very clear that he was a special talent. He was a very, very special talent. And that combined with the tuning capacities of his father, he, sh- he, made, a, he made a difference in the go-kart sports. Absolutely. It's amazing. And I believe he is the youngest Formula One driver to come on the scene. Now, I have my ages right? That's true. That's true. He's the youngest. He, he, uh, his debut was when he was 17 years old in, uh, in Australia. And... Uh, Everybody, they looked upon it as if it's something, as if it was a miracle. Uh, there were some critics. Somebody, lots of guys were very skeptic because they said he was too young; he couldn't drive a Formula One car. But from the from the moment he was uh, he was testing, and from the moment he was driving a Formula One car, everything fell in its place. And uh, it, it's it's like it's like breathing. Racing in Formula One car or racing in totally is like breathing for Max Verstappen. He doesn't know anything else. He's uh, he's one with his car, and that's, that was when he was five years old in the car go karts, and that still is the case when he's Formula One driver now. 
It's amazing. You know, one thing I wanted to touch on that's an interesting phenomenon, and I spoke with a previous guest a few weeks ago about this. The Netflix documentary series Driven to Survive has really exploded the exposure to F1, and it's brought an audience, I think, to F1 that really hasn't been there before. And I'll give you a good personal example. My daughter, Paige, grew up in my house. We watched Formula One, you know, every Sunday morning, the Indy 500, uh, GT racing, and she never had any interest in it. Just wasn't her thing. She's into fashion and has Mm. a career in that. But now, all of a sudden, she was just here a couple weekends ago for the Monaco Grand Prix, and she goes, Dad, we got to turn on the Monaco Grand Prix. I've got it streaming on ESPN. And I looked at her and I went, who are you? And she (laughs) said, oh my gosh, I've been watching that series. And she starts talking about all the different drivers. Oh, I don't like him, but I like him. And of course, she mentions Max. She goes, that guy is an animal. So I said, well, you know what? I'm going to be talking to an author who knows him pretty well. Have you heard that about Driven to Survive, that it's really pushed the sport forward? It has, and especially in America. Uh, because uh, F1 wasn't someone so popular in the United States. And when they, uh, when the new owner uh, was an American firm, uh, American Media Corporation, and they started to, uh, to think of ways to make uh, the Formula One more popular in the United States. So they worked together with, uh, with Netflix and made the series Drive to Survive, which was a, a huge success. I've watched the shows also, of course, the first, the third, the second, the third. And uh, it's amazing because it gives you an insight on, on, on the sports, which otherwise you can't have. If you want to be a bit critical, it is a bit too much scripted, I think. Uh, there, must, there, there must be more. They, they have to, to make a more distance to, to, to do the subject. I, I would agree. Now, my impression is you, you take drivers like Max, who also bring a dynamic to the sport in a, a revitalization. And a good example in my mind, if you go back in time, we, we've got these great stories in Formula One between different people and drivers, Nicky Lauda and James Hunt, the dichotomy of those two. I think a Mac, uh, Michael Schumacher, who just exploded onto the scene, especially when he jumped into Ferrari and just turned that team around and, and got everybody going and everybody... Yeah, you maybe didn't like the guy for some reason. I don't know. I thought he was awesome. He just brought a spirit to it. What is your impression, having learned with writing this biography about Max? What has he brought to the sport of F one? Huh. Uh, <laughs> I know. Do we have all day? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, the the thing is that that's there are a couple couple of things that he brought into the sports. He brought he brought a sheer attack force. He he never stops attacking, even. In the beginning, he took sometimes too much risk, but he kept believing in himself and he kept believing in the way he, he has driven. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, he, he changed the rules. He, he's, he's, how do you call it in English? He's, uh, he's really himself in the car and, and, outside, the, and outside the car. And uh, he's, he's afraid of nothing, you know. He's, he's, uh, he's challenged uh, Hamilton last year to a degree that's, that nobody uh, had, had ever held for possible. And uh, ever since, well, this this season, he's a really uh, very mature driver, but he still keeps on finding possibilities to, uh, to pass and to, uh, to, uh, to go on the attack. And his, his way of passing is, is very unconfessional, and he's precious his opponents and his rivals to the limits. Now, I agree. I would agree. And do you think a big part of his success so quickly and so soon has been the team he's with? 
Yeah, the, the first team he started with was, was of course Toro Rosso. He didn't have a winning car then, but Red Bull was of course uh, a very, very, very uh, talented and very uh, experienced team. They have uh, a car builder as a newie. They had, of course, uh, Sebastian Vettel, with whom they became a four-time world champion. So, I mean, the, the, the team and uh, and Max Verstappen, they fit to each other. They, 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 have, they have a great combination, the two of them. I would it's agree. Uh, yeah, I would agree. He's on the right, space, in the right place in the, in the right time, I think. I would agree with you with that assessment as well. I always like to ask about inspirational people in people's lives. And since we're talking about Max today in your book, in learning more about Max and writing this book and then expanding it into uh, so less English speakers can understand it, uh, yeah. what, who was the driving force in his life? Of course, his father, Yoss, was you know famous driver, and I'm sure that was a big part of it. Was that his main mentor? Yeah, yeah is that who brought him through? Absolutely. Without his father, uh, Max was never there. I mean, look at look at other drivers. There's no other driver in Formula One nowadays who has have so many who has so many to think by his father. He did he did everything. Not only because he was uh, he was a very good tuner and a very good uh, uh, technics, which helped him in his go kart career and later on his Formula Three careers. Um, but he's also know the politics in the Formula One. He, he knew, he knows what, what the pressure, he, he is, he was, uh, his, his education was, uh, was pretty firm, but, uh, I don't think uh, that anybody regrets his, uh, his, his, uh, his education because they did, they did a great job. Max wanted to be a Formula One driver. His father wanted Max to help as, as much as possible. And uh, it worked out very, very good. I think so. You know, a lot of drivers, famous race car drivers, are the children of champions. And sometimes that's a big shadow to be in. My indication is that Max is going to step in front of that shadow and create one of his own. Would you agree? Absolutely. Absolutely. He has, he has already. I think he's a better, he's a better driver than, uh, than Jos ever was. And uh, Jos will admit to that too, I think. Mm-hmm. Because he has the genes of as well his father and his mother, because his mother was also a, race, a go-kart driver, but she's she's far more relaxed, you know. Uh, uh, his father was a kind of a wild wild driver, and he combines the two uh, the two good DNAs of his both both his parents. Well, that's what we all hope we get when we're born. Some yeah. of us, some of us don't, but some of us are fortunate, and we do. What are yeah. a couple of the biggest? surprises that came to light in writing this book? Uh, probably his uh, Ferrari series in Florida, where he was in the competition with, uh, with uh, it, 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 that was a competition that was in, in Florida, it was a series, the Ferrari series, and we don't know, we didn't know too much about that, because it, it was far from Europe, and uh, it's a, it's a small competition relatively with not much of a media exposure. So uh, I think that, uh, that that was the main surprise for me. I would agree. We'll take a short break. We come back. I want to talk about some challenges you faced in putting this book together. So keep the seatbelt on. We'll pull in for a quick pit stop and we'll be right okay. back. Okay. You listeners know I've been into car care my entire life. 
I am so excited to team up with AutoGeek in 2022. AutoGeek.net has been a leading source of auto detailing products, accessories, and expert knowledge for more than 20 years. What started in 1997 as a mail order catalog company has grown into a multi-website based e-commerce store that they are today. With a large online presence on its own website featuring close to 100 different brands, AutoGeek has grown to be the largest car care retailer in the country. AutoGeek's wholesale program serves accounts in over 30 countries and its retail sector ships worldwide. Go to AutoGeek.net for the best product selection on the internet today and their stellar technical support. AutoGeek.net. It's where I go for all my detailing needs. That's AutoGeek.net. Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first-hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion and mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions, ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. Want to hear something crazy? Veterans work on billions of dollars of vehicles, planes, and engines while deployed, but they can't touch our car until they've obtained a certification and training requirements for employment back here at home. That's crazy. Dick Force Foundation Military Transition Fund provides scholarships and grants so our veterans can transition to great careers following their service for this great country. Support Tech Force. Support Tech Force a charity of choice here at Cars yeah, and its workforce development efforts for our veterans by donating at techforce.org today. So Andre, so Andre, we're, uh, the lolly pops up, we're out of the pits, back on the track here, and mm. I'd love to talk about some of the challenges, first of all, that you faced in writing an unauthorized biography. Well, that was, that was a pretty challenge, I could say. The idea of writing a book about Max Verstappen wasn't really mine. It was the idea of my publisher. They asked me if I was able to put the put together in 216 of uh, Max Verstappen. I know a lot of Formula One, so and I knew his father, Jos, so I thought, well, yeah, I, I, I think I can try that. So I tried to, uh, to contact my network and all the, the, the stations that uh, Max went through in Holland, which was... Uh, for me, pretty easy because, uh, well, he's, he's, uh, he was born in, in the Netherlands and he had uh, a Dutch uh, upbringing. So I could talk to people who knew him uh, when he was young. And I talked to, uh, to various, like, uh, like a formula, his Formula 3 team of uh, Fritz van Amersfoort and his, uh, and his other, uh, accompanied, other uh, guys who accompanied him to Formula 3 and Formula 1. But uh, the main challenge was, of course, that the, the Steve Verstappen didn't want to cooperate with the book. So I had to find my information elsewhere. And, uh, well, 
thank God I found my information elsewhere, and I knew a lot of Jos Verstappen, of course, and I knew his former managers, and I knew his, uh, his, his tire engineers, and go on with that. And so uh, I tried, I started working, and it felt reasonably good together. So that was my biggest challenge, to work in the book without the cooperation of Team Verstappen. And, and they weren't really happy also with my book because uh, they thought that I was uh, profiting of his fame, which was in 2016 not really the case. Uh, it was like uh, I said with, with, uh, with other guys that he, uh, we, saw, we saw in a pretty early stage his incredible talent. And that, and that gave me the, the idea of writing this book. Well, no doubt. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's just a juggernaut. Let's switch over to Max and some challenges that you uncovered that he's faced in his career. Well, the biggest challenge was, of course, the, the step from Formula 3 to Formula 1, which was he was 17 years old, and that could have gone either way. That could have gone terribly wrong. But everybody in his surroundings, for instance, uh, team chef of uh, Red Bull, Helmut Marko, I had an enormous trust in uh, in Lars, uh, in so he, he really took every challenge by the by the horns to say it uh, like that. He uh, really didn't have much uh, how do you call that uh, drawbacks in his career. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's also it, it always went uphill, you know. Yeah, he won. He, he's, he, Every year he became better. Every year he got in a better team. And so far, uh, he didn't have many great disappointments, I think, or face it, faces uh, any challenges. Yeah, so far so good. I mean, he's just rolling along. Yeah, he's in the flow. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Boy, yeah. I like to ask my guests about their own bucket list items, things they'd like to do in the future. I'm going to set a scenario for you here today, Andre. If you could sit down and have a meal, a dinner with Max, what are some of the questions you would ask him directly? Well, probably uh, I would just have a dinner with him and we'll talk about everything that's happening that's going on in the Formula One. And uh, I really don't have any questions about him. The, the only thing I really wanted to, to ask was whether how he feels uh, the night before the race, uh, in his hotel room, after the qualification, back to the back to the uh, to the to the hotel, uh, go to sleep. How do you prepare yourself physically and mentally for a great start of a Formula One race? Because I think that's that's the the biggest secret of every Formula One race. I ne- I'm, I'm, you never know what's going on in his head just before the lights go off. Yeah, he's a very stoic person. And even my daughter, who I said has not followed Formula One, but all of a sudden has this interest in him. Um, she made some comments about as she's learned about these folks through the uh, the documentary series is, yeah. is, wow, that guy seems very, very driven, but he's he's hard to read. Some of the other people are, you know, much more flamboyant or outgoing or jovial or, you know, you have all these different personalities, but he's... Yeah. He's a pretty, pretty quiet guy. And I said, well, there's some others in the, in the history. Just wait till you, uh, to learn about some of the other people in the history or even, uh, some of the other racers that are that way as well. They're very quiet, reserved, but you always wonder what's going on in their head, right? Yeah. But like Alan Prost, who's also very quiet and very reserved, the French, the French world champion. And as I don't say that was, uh, was, was again something else, you know, everybody has his own characteristics. 
But uh, I think, uh, like Charles Leclerc, Leclerc now is about as calm as as uh, as Max is. But but Max can bite. Don't forget that he is he's, he can be aggressive on the board radio when when he's when something happens that doesn't goes to his liking. He is uh, he can be very he can be very aggressive and he's and he's right so and he's right because well you know there's only one thing that matters and that's winning and uh, you, you don't win by being nice to everybody. You know, so so that's that's both sides of his character. Outside track, I think he's very he's very relaxed and he's very down to earth. Uh, but in the in the in the car, he's a beast. That's that's there's no other way about it. Now I know crystal balls can sometimes be hazy, but I want to get your opinion. Knowing his personality, if you were going to look ahead, what team do you see him on in the future, other than Red Bull? Well, that's a difficult question. I know. I'm not going to be too that, easy on you today, Andre. <laughs> <laughs> well, Red Bull and, and Max Verstappen are born for each other, I think. Yeah. And uh, you see it like uh, what uh, what uh, Sebastian Vettel did. Sebastian Vettel went from Red Bull to Ferrari, and uh, he, he, couldn't, he couldn't make it there, you know. He, he never was world champion again. He won some races but with Ferrari, but he never he never was as successful as within uh, as in Red Bull. Yeah, I think that danger is also for Max. When Max goes to another team, I don't know. The only team that might be suitable for him is Mercedes. It's difficult to watch in a crystal ball, of course, but I think he, sh- he should stay with uh, with uh, Red Bull, and I think Red Bull wants to keep him for for many many years. Oh, I think so. They'd be wise to, most likely, I think, uh, at this point. And by changing when everything's good. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You see drivers sometimes make changes and you scratch your head and you go, well, okay, the money may have been the main driver there, but you just still kind of go, ah, like, you know, at this point, they have a lot of money and it's it's more about winning. And I think it was about winning for most drivers in the beginning anyway. That's what they really want, right? Yeah, but the thing is that they also want to be uh, to become a legend of their times, yeah. like uh, like Michael Schumacher was with Ferrari. I think that Sebastian Vettel um, did try the same with uh, with his move to Ferrari, and uh, probably probably Daniel Ricciardo thinks for the same when he went to McLaren that he could change the team into a successful into a successful formation. But uh, I think that 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 that. Uh, if you want to real, if you if you become a four-time world champion and you want to do something else, you could take a gamble and go to another top team. But there are no guarantees. No, no. There's so many moving, complex parts to this thing. You know, yeah. another question I ask people is about a special vehicle in their life, and I'm going to switch this into what you've learned about Max. Is is there a special? Or a race, let's take Red Bull off the table because he's winning there, he's doing so well. But is there a race car that he strapped himself into in his life that was really a turning point for him? Yeah, that was, yeah, well, <laughs> again, I have to say it is the Red Bull because his first race in the Red Bull in 216, he won Barcelona. Yeah. So, 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 so uh, and in spite of the situation, he drives National Martin. Well, I guess that, 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 that must be his favorite car. Perhaps he drives a motorbike. That I don't know. Yeah, I think he drives a motorbike, but uh, privately drives a uh, National Martin and Red Bull would be. Uh, he might see a challenge in trying a Mercedes ah. to see or trying in a Ferrari because every driver, every uh, Formula One driver wants to drive a Ferrari, isn't it? Ferrari is is is, is the is the norm in the Formula One, right? 
But I think that, uh, well, as, such, as, as it stands now, I think he will, he will never change. Exactly. Okay, I got to ask you this question, Andre. Is there a special car that's been in your life? You won't believe it. It's a Citroën, a Citroën DS964. Do you remember that car? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got to ask why. Well, it was, it was, uh, it was the, um, how do you call that in English? I think it was the best car at the moment at that time. It looked beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Uh, it, had, it was luxury. It had a very good suspension, and the luxury was by far the best around. And it looked it looked absolutely great. I, I had a metallic green one and an opening in the roof. And it was it was like uh, like sitting in a in a in a chair watching television, you know. It's so comfortable. <laughs> yeah, you know <laughs> so. those cars. Now they were built between I think sixty and seventy, seventy one, somewhere in there. What what year was yours? Sixty four. Oh, okay. So a bit of an early one. Yes, it was a bit of an early one. Uh, I had to I had to sell it because it fell apart after, <laughs> after a couple of years. Yeah, and I couldn't get, and I couldn't get any spare parts. So uh, so then it's. Uh, but, but it, I have great memories of this car. I drove it all the way through Europe, and uh, and everybody looked at it. You know, it was it was so beautiful that when when you rode into a city, everybody looked at it or touched it or did something with it. You know, and I felt very proud to have it. They are unique. I have a a friend, a guy that I used to work with. He's Japanese, but he loves Citroen. He actually has a Citroen parts business. Kenji Yoshino is his name. He was a very early guest here on the show. I think he was in the the first 10 guests that I had on the show. And the first time, I always kind of poked fun at him. I was a Porsche guy, German cars, BMW, Porsche kind of thing. And I always poked a little fun with him with his passion for Citroen. And I remember he gave me a ride in one of those cars and I just went, what? This is, this isn't, I told him, I said, this is like driving in a cloud. It floats. It yeah. floats. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, the, and the clutch is at the wheel. So you have to, you have to, you have to. Do the the clutching on on the wheel, and that's 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 great. I mean, it's a, it's a total experience riding a DS. Absolutely, Citroen. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, now here's a very interesting question, and this is another twist up to my normal question. I typically ask my guests that if they were manifest or reincarnated as a vehicle, what they would be. But I'm going to tie this back to Max because you've gotten to know him so well. If Max Verstappen was reincarnated as a vehicle. What would he mm-hmm. be and why? Probably an Aston Martin, don't you think? Uh, well, the, old, the, old, the, old, the old Aston Martin. Or yeah. perhaps perhaps a Jaguar, Jaguar E-type. Yeah. Which, which, was, which was the beautiful, most beautiful car around. Or perhaps uh, Ferrari GTO. Yeah. Vintage Ford, vintage Ford Mustang. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I see where you're going with this. I mean, classics, yeah. And, you know, being a young guy, uh, at first you might say, well, how could you relate that to him? Because... He's like the youth of today, but yeah, just a classic. I mean, he's just a guy. He's just one of a kind. Yeah, I think that when he's, he can choose any car he wants in your life. Perhaps he wants to drive Bugatti. I don't know. Uh, but today he drives an Aston Martin, which which I think is the uh, the modern equivalent of a, of a Citroën DS. It's it's also one of the most beautiful cars around. Yeah. So I probably he will think he will choose for an Aston Martin. 
Yeah. Okay. Very cool. Uh, are there some ways that you've learned about Max in the way that he likes to give back to others? Is he philanthropic or does he help young drivers or is there some way that he likes to, to help others in the racing world or even outside of the racing world? Mm, just being there, I think is helping, uh, helping a lot of guys. I mean, he is, uh, he's proved that you can reach anything if you, if you have perseverance and if you have stamina. Uh, you can you can get there. So I think he's inspirational. He's an inspiration for many, many, many uh, sports sports and, and, and car uh, for formula drivers and race car drivers. Sure. Because you you can get anywhere if you really want. Of course, that's not true in the Formula One. You have to have a bit of luck, uh, and you have to be extremely, extremely good to be there. But uh, I think his inspiration is is especially that he that he is there. And he's fighting all the time, and he, that he is very grounded and stays himself. You know, right? He's he's, he's not like anybody else, and that, I think that's that's his, that's his inspiration. Yeah, definitely. So I always ask my guests to recommend a book. Of course, today we're going to recommend Max the Dutch Master, an unauthorized biography by Andre today, and I'll put links to how you can purchase that book. If you look ahead, was this the first biography type book that you've written? No, I've written some other biographies, but about soccer players. And I wrote a book about the about the, the coming season. It was uh, 2016. I wrote a book of, of coming Formula One season, but I didn't write. And of course, the, the, the Spiker cars, which is uh, a sort of sort of biography, but it's a biography of a car and a racing car and and the CEO Victor Muller, who was uh, very colorful, if I might say so. Oh, cool. Well. What do we expect to see from your pen in the future? Are you working on a book now? Yeah, I'm working on the idea of a book, what? which is which is not which is not really not yet working on a book. But <laughs> uh, but I'm not going to tell you because I might bring some other people on ideas, and I will keep this for myself. Keep it keep, keep it under wraps. Well, you have to yeah. promise me this, Andre, that you'll come back when that book comes out, and we can talk about it as well. Is that a deal? Okay. Uh, that's that's absolutely a deal. That's okay. Absolutely a deal. Cool. Okay. So I'm going to allow you to go on or enable you to go on an ultimate drive. This is how it works. I'm going to buy any car in the world for you. You can jump in this car with anybody in the world or somebody who's passed, which opens up a very wide spectrum of people. Mm -hmm. And you can be driving anywhere in the world on this ultimate drive. So what does the ultimate drive look like for a guy like you, Andre? Well, somebody strictly honest. Yeah. <laughs> to be to be honest, nobody. No, uh, but you want to go by yourself. <laughs> yeah. Me, me, myself, and I. Okay. And probably uh, I will drive a motorbike. Oh. Uh, I just bought, purchased a new Honda 1100 NT, okay. which is uh, state of the art at the moment, and uh, I will be. I'm very happy driving this this motorbike uh, through deserts or to mountain uh, country roads, mountain roads. Just listening to great rock and roll on my speaker system and uh, enjoy the speed, the smell, and uh, and the riding in the open air because that that's that's my that's my ultimate drive. I think. Oh, well, sounds like fun. I've had a few people say that that they'd like to just get in a car by themselves and, and take off and go somewhere. But uh, and I've had plenty of guests who love to jump on motorcycles as well. So uh, sounds yeah. like an awesome, awesome, fun ride. And listening to Bruce and listening to Bruce Springsteen, then of course, of course, yeah, we'll, <laughs> we'll have him in the player. Well, you've, yeah. take, you've taken us on a fun ride, and I'm really excited about this book, and I'm really excited to bring it to my guests because uh, Max Verstappen is just one of those 
once in a lifetime come along people in the sport of F1 that is going to have such a long, rich career. And he's going to bring so much excitement to us. And he's going to shake things up a bit because sometimes, you know, winners in Formula One after a while, it's like, God, can somebody else win, please? I'm a little bit bored here. Yeah, Um, yeah, like like Schumacher or Hamilton. Yeah, Schumacher kind of got that way. Hamilton's gotten that way. And it's like, I'd like to see somebody come and challenge these guys. That's what racing is all about. And I believe Max is definitely one of those. Before I let you go, would you share maybe a success quote, words of inspiration, or a mantra with us? Oh, yes. I would think that, well, uh, having fun is serious business. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, uh, yeah, you know, it's great and especially ties in nicely with Formula One because, boy. I think so. Yeah. And my, my wife is not that into racing either, but she's watched that uh, Driven series with me and she's really kind of gotten into it. And it's, I tell you, the phenomenon here, I think, is when you start getting into the business of Formula One and all the components and the people, that's what makes it even more fun than just watching a race because you start to learn about people and their backgrounds and who they are. And that's that's the, the joy that you brought us with this book, Andre. And I want to thank you for that. Thank you. I think that Formula One is the perfect combination of, uh, of uh, sports, of entertainment, and of, and of speed. I mean, uh, it's, it's a perfect combination of everything. Well, and big, huge money business, too. I mean, the, the relationship between the sponsors and the cost and what it takes to, to get to a track, much less win, is just, it's almost Staggering. mind-boggling how it even happens, you know? It's just... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, that's, it, that's, that's true. It's yeah. incredible. How can people learn more about you and your press and consultancy agency? I do have a website, yep, which is uh, andreogebom.com. Uh, there are my books. Uh, there are links to my uh, to my products, and uh, you can get in touch with me. Uh, I always uh, answer any emails. Uh, that's no problem at all. Of course, I'm on LinkedIn and I'm on Facebook, but uh, my website is my best way of communication. Absolutely. And that's A-N-D-R-E. Yeah. His last name is H-O-O-G-E-B-O-O-M. I'll put links to that on Andre's show notes page. Just go to the Cars yeah website, type in Andre, and his page will pop right up. You can have some links. And as I said earlier, I want to thank my right. friends. Oh, absolutely. Happy to support you, Andre. I want to thank my friends at Evro Publishing. They bring me some great authors, wonderful books. You can check them out. I'll put a link to their website. And of okay, course, let, let me let me thank them too, because I, I think it's a, it's a great publisher in, uh, in, the, in the English language. Absolutely. I'm very grateful, I'm grateful with, uh, to be in his, in his, uh, in his team. Yeah, absolutely. They, I've just, I've got so many of their books on my shelf. And of course, our mutual friend, Judy Stropus. I think Judy knows everybody in the automotive world. I've uh, been friends with her for some time. She's also a past guest here. So if you listeners would like to listen to my talk with Judy, if you missed that, you can find her on the Cars Yeah website. Andre, thank you for calling in, for being so generous with your time and sharing this new book with us. So exciting. Until you and I talk again, my friend, I'll see you down the road. Okay. Thank you very much. And thank you for having me. You're welcome. Hopefully we'll see you at an F1 race someday. That would be fun. (laughs) That would be great. That would be great. Perhaps in the United States. I I hope so. You're welcome anytime. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, 
a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!